Given we often talk about the need to get more people into the ag and food system, to get the people with skills, it still remains sometimes a, a place where there isn't as much opportunity or at least not as easy for women to move forward. My name is Mike Von Masso, and this is the Food Focus Podcast. After a little COVID-induced uh, respite, we're back with regular episodes, and I look forward to uh, a bunch of interesting conversations coming coming soon. This episode uh, is the first half of my conversation with Jen Christie. We talk about uh, some of the challenges posed uh, for young women to make progress in the in the industry, and really how that's a, a real opportunity for us to do better, given when I look out at my fourth year classes, how many uh, female faces are looking back at me, and the clear need for uh, more people to contribute in the sector. We need to make it an environment uh, that is friendly for anyone who wants to who, who wants to and can contribute. Uh, and we talk about how we might do that and what some of the challenges are. I think you'll find it interesting. Good morning, Jen. Thanks for taking the time today. Good morning, Mike. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm looking forward to our conversation, and I, and I think we're going to talk, uh, well, we could talk about whatever you'd like to, but uh, I have two sort of areas that people might not think are directly connected, but I know that you're interested in, so I'm going to take the host's prerogative and and uh, and do do the two of those and then, and, and then let you take us wherever we go. The first one relates to... Uh, Women in agriculture. I know you've been active. You've spoken a lot about it. I think early in your career, you you felt there were things that we could do better to foster and mentor uh, young professionals. Why do you think it's important? Well, I mean, to be quite frank, I we have uh, not the most uh, diverse industry, and and um, for me, when I started in my career. Uh, I, I think like a lot of people, I felt like, you know, you work hard and you go after what you want. And, and if you work hard enough, you can get it. And, you know, I was one of many women grad that graduated from the University of Guelph and entered the industry and, you know, found myself uh, in an organization that didn't actually have that many women uh, within the team, but then also at a leadership level, there was, there was far fewer. And it was, you know, about five years into my career when I started to think, you know, and wonder, I guess, more about why this was. Um, being raised on a, a dairy and grain farm, my mom was, you know, actively involved in the farm and a farmer as well, uh, and also a decision maker in in the business. So, and and also very, you know, both my parents were quite involved in, in the local agricultural community and the community at large. So I, I didn't really, couldn't connect, you know, these two realities. Like, you know, here I'm, I grew up in an environment where I was surrounded by, you know, many strong women who were playing leadership roles within our community, within the farm, but then at an industry level, whether, you know, it was um, within, within the company or the provincial um, and, and federal commodity circles, there was far fewer women. And, and I, that didn't make, that, that didn't add up to me. Um, and, and, and I guess thinking about, you know, at that time, like, what is my career path and how am, you know, how will I navigate the things that, you know, come with uh, being a woman in the industry? 
particularly, right? How do we balance like raising a family and managing um, our careers? You know, who do you look to for you know guidance and advice on that? And and there there weren't a lot of women in in those positions that I maybe aspired to to be able to have those conversations with. So. For me, that's, I guess, why I started down the path of, of, you know, learning more about the role of women in the industry historically and some of the challenges and barriers that women have faced in the industry, um, but also really just trying to dig into that question of, like, why aren't there more women in leadership roles in this industry when, when there is so many um, phenomenally talented and smart uh, women in the industry? Yeah, it, it to me to me, you know, as I said to you when we were when we were sort of talking about getting together for the podcast, I think this is particularly important. I teach in the fourth year sort of capstone course of the food and agribusiness program, and there are a large number of incredibly bright women. Um, so these are all women who are going into industry and and are bright and capable. But then, as you say. You know, I've been at a variety of of events, speaking and and engaging, and a lot of the people at sort of the organizational level or the senior leadership level look a lot like me. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, middle aged, uh, maybe generously guys, uh, and and what? So 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 there is that disconnect, and and almost by default, it's got to be it's got to change. What can we do to improve things? What can we do to foster uh, and 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 mentor uh, young women for success? Well, I get asked this question a lot, and and we've been I've had the pleasure of being part of you know several roundtables with various industry leaders, including you know the the minister of agriculture and and there's no silver bullet answer. And I think that's what often people are looking for. Like if we, if, you know, if we just do this mentorship program or we just put on these events for women in agriculture, things will change. And, and um, un- unfortunately it it's not just that easy. And I think this is where, you know, agriculture is one industry, but we are part of a society that's been built on patriarchal colonialism and, that sounds like a radical thing to say in many circles still, I think, in our industry. And certainly myself, when I started in the industry, I didn't, that's not, that's not something I even would have understood what that means, right? To, and, and so, well, I think people who maybe know me today <laughs> think I'm a bit of a radical feminist. It's because I have I have been trying to figure out the answer to that question. How do we change this? How how do we, you know, remove the barriers that are preventing um, women from from moving into leadership positions in the industry? And I I I believe now, like we have to go back to understanding, you know, how we got to where we are today. And and I think for a lot of people, particularly in, in the agriculture industry where, you know, production agriculture and the clout that comes with being able to call yourself a farmer, um, right or wrong, seems to carry so much weight. I think so often we've, we, there's, we've, we've accepted that the people who are in the industry, you know, are there maybe by some coincidence, like, you know, only, only, you know, 
white, mostly men want to farm. And, and what I've, what I have learned and, you know, through truth and reconciliation and, and learning the truth about, you know, um, our, our history, both as a country, but, you know, as an industry, how, how the people, how my family, you know, got the, the land that, that we got, uh, you know, in 1868 or whatever, when when my ancestors came to Canada, um, was was very much designed to you know ensure that certain people, um, particularly from you know European white descent, uh, had access to that land. And so, it, again, I feel like for some this sounds really radical, but you but like that's how we got started. So, unfortunately, you know changing that is is part yeah. of this whole greater society um societal issue of of trying to you know change and adjust things that have been baked into our society and our culture and the way things are uh in our country for for almost 200 years so So I think why why that's important is is because it does then give some context to why we can't just like it, it, there isn't just one tactic or one thing we can do that is going to change this because um, again you know when you start to do those things and you start to say well we've done this why aren't you there well there's there's a myriad of other of many other issues right so um, women are still the the primary um, caregivers for whether it's children or elders in their family. And so, you know, we put on an event for women and, or we tried to put on an event for women and they didn't come. Well, you know, they probably had to figure out who was going to care for their children, who was going to, you know, feed the chickens that day, and then who, you know, take a day off work as well. So there, there's just, there's so many like things layered on top of each other that unless Unless we unpack all of that, uh, it's really hard to just fix it with one with one thing. So um, this is why I think it's really important that our our particularly our commodity groups because they do represent you know a really key uh, part of the industry representing producers. Also, you know, a shrinking demographic uh, in the country and and constantly saying you know people we, we need more people to get involved in our organization well you know the answer to that is maybe to start looking at why aren't people getting involved today and and this is where we start to see some of these things right where meetings traditionally now you know zoom has changed all of this but you know traditionally meetings were held in person and you had to be able to get to a certain location at a certain time on a certain day and and for for many women in particular that that doesn't work but also new farmers who are trying to balance these some of these same these same things right so many um, young farmers also have to have full-time work to be able to support farming and so so there's just there's a lot right there's a lot to to try yeah. and and end and is there a willingness there then to change it because I think we've all so often heard the well this is the way we do things and you know and 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 that's kind of where the conversation then stops instead of like why are we doing that way it that way and and you know could we could we do it differently? Um, and then when you have, you know, a, a, an industry like ours that traditionally is is male dominated and, and, and is certainly, you know, very um, white, 
there there's also just blinders there right so so like all all those all those men you know they're not intentionally they're not intentionally trying to exclude anyone but the experience of living in the world is different and and so you can't understand that experience of someone else who is is different from you because you haven't lived it so so you have to be willing to you know listen and and hear people's stories and and hear people when they say like this doesn't work for me or this is the reality of you know what it means for me to to try to you know be be a woman and have children and try and like you know whether it's um you know i'm a sales rep and i'm commission based and i go on a maternity leave and now you know who fills my like who fills that position is so key and and because that that will affect that person's salary when they come back potentially if the you know their customers aren't looked after and and uh, all all these things that that like men in leadership roles just have not really had to think about or consider because it's never been an issue for them. And so, um, and, and I think oftentimes when we talk about this, people get defensive and, and it doesn't, it doesn't need to be defensive. It's not, you know, you, you, you can't, it's not anyone's fault for doing things the way you did them. If, if you didn't know that that was harming people, Um, but we have to be willing to um, recognize that and, and, and and then make changes and kind of take that personal side out of it, right? It's it's I I, I often feel and and I've I've had this where you know I've made the comment that the majority of the industry is is led by you know older white men and people take great offense to that, but that, that's 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 factual, like that's a fact. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not a personal attack. It's it's a fact. So how can we you know how can we work together to 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 be more aware of those of those blinders and, you know, make our spaces and our industry more inclusive to people who maybe don't have the ability to kind of move through the world the same way that, that most men do. And, and to me, it's really interesting. You raised a, a bunch of points there that I'd like to unpack. To, to me, it's really interesting that, that sometimes we see examples held up. Well, look, here's a successful woman and here's a successful woman. And, you know, I, I had on an earlier episode of the podcast, Emily Denhan, who runs a dairy farm, and Kelly Barrett, who is a, a very successful and high-profile veterinarian, who, by the way, uh, recorded a podcast with her second baby on her lap. Uh, and and we, we hold these, these, these examples up and say, look, there isn't a problem, but the reality is uh, they're not quite unicorns, but but... But there are, we, we can't say, look, some people are making it, let's ignore, ignore the issue. And I think the other side of the issue, while this anecdote is a little bit older, I remember in a previous life, I was doing some work for Statistics Canada on the census of agriculture. And we were checking how people perceived the questions so that we could interpret, like to, to get the questions right. And I and I was sitting in a in a boardroom in Regina, Saskatchewan, talking to a young woman who was probably in her late twenties, um, whose father had died when she was fifteen. Uh, she quit school and she ran the thirty uh, five hundred acre farm uh, with her mother. And at this point, she was married, and as you said, she had kids, and and. The question was something like, "Are you a farmer?" And she had said no. Uh, and I and I she she did the books on the farm, 
you know, she occasionally, but not actively, regularly sat on a tractor, but she ran parts. She did all the finance. As you said, she was active in the decision-making and probably the primary person in the decision-making, but didn't consider herself a, a farmer. And that, and that probably is, is, is part of the culture of what a farmer is. So we've got these examples of, 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 of success, uh, but but we also have these 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 strong perceptions of what it means uh, to be a farmer or to be a rep or or those sorts of things. So mm-hmm. we're not there yet, mm-hmm. are we? Yeah. So so a, f- a few things. Um, so funny, Kelly and I actually went to the same public school. So I always oh, did I you? always <laughs> like to give a like wave a flag for us Bruce County folks, and 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 she is also <laughs> from Tara, um, and yeah. and. Um, those those women who have made it that we often point to as the examples, like you're you're a hundred percent bang on with that. I I agree, you know, so wholeheartedly with that, and and to the point that I I I have written about this and referred to it as as a bit of a unicorn manifesto because um, even in those roundtables that I've sat on with the minister, the people who are invited to those are the people who are at the top. And, and we ask the question, you know, how did you get there? And I think what we need to be doing is, is looking to the people who aren't at those tables and ask them why they're not there or trying to not trying to get there, you know, like why, why did I leave John Deere and why, you know, why am I not all that interested in, you know, commodity board leadership at this point? Like, like, those are the people who can tell us the things that are are going to be the insights that we need to work with because because oftentimes there is um you know there there is other uh some other extenuating circumstances um or you know there's the the, the ways in which those women have got to those seats may not be ways that are accessible or that other, you know, other women uh, are able to, 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 to follow. And, and so while it's good to know their stories and share those stories because everyone's are different and, and um, you know, that's those, those are really important to form connection and, and, you know, provide opportunities for people to develop relationships and, and, uh, and maybe, you know, mentors, mentors uh, within the industry. Uh, we have to really cast the net wider on trying to answer that question because, um, yeah, because there is, there is, there's not there. And yeah, there's, there's not a lot of them. And, and assuming that everybody can follow the same path as them, I think is a really, um, uh, failed, failed, uh, assumption. Uh, the, uh, the yeah. other thing is, and and this is something I've written a little bit about too. And I've, I've, I've heard, listened to some podcasts on is, this this happens everywhere. This happens in politics too. Um, there's a there's a great podcast on you know the first women leaders in our country and the challenges they've faced and why why they don't get reelected, and it's this this belief that women uh, have to be because there's so few in these leadership roles they need to be perfect in the role, and so the pressure that puts on on anyone who's even thinking about or considering you know going into um, leadership positions is tremendous. 
in addition to as women generally, like there's a lot of guilt that you carry around from, you know, either you're not spending enough time on your career, or you're not spending enough time on your with your family. So this is just, you know, this just adds to this, that if the expectation is that I have to be perfect and I have to be, you know, delivering on, on every, um, you know, every result and I have to be showing up to all the things and I have to be networking with everyone and I have to be there for all my kids softball games and I have to be there for the PTA and I have to do like it, it, it just, it gets, it gets to be too much. And I, 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 I saw threads of this through conversation in the egg women's network over the years where, um, you know, it would come through as a frustration or a, like, why do I have to be the one who steps up? And that, that line women need to just step up was something that, uh, an editor in the industry wrote, um, a couple years ago that, that really fired people up. And, and for a lot of women, I think just made them say like, I step up everywhere. I'm doing all the things. Like how much more do you want me to do? And so it, it it comes down to, you know, we need more women in these positions so that they also can be allowed to fail because we have examples everywhere of, you know, men in leadership that, that fail <laughs> and somehow yeah. they also get reelected with majority governments and get to continue <laughs> to fail. But yet, because there's so few women, there's so far, few people of color, there's so few, you know, in, indigenous people that are sitting in, in our, our, our greatest houses of power, you know, as soon as they, as soon as they mess up, that's it, they're done. And, and so that, that, that's, that, that can't, that can't be, we have to, you know, we have to allow people to, to be able to fail and, and recognize that, um, you know, having, more people involved is is actually better, and we get more perspectives and more ideas. Um, but but they're they they don't have they're not going to be perfect all the time, and we can't expect them to be perfect all the time. We tend to operate with this mindset that like our world is meritocratous, and and it's absolutely not that way. And and so yes, you know every time I hear that line, well, I don't want to be elected just because I'm a woman, or I I don't want to you know be I don't want to be selected for this board position because I'm a woman. I want to be selected because I have the skills and experience and like, ab- absolutely. But like, why would you, why would we assume that because there's a woman running for that seat, she wouldn't have the skills and experience and, you know, the wherewithal to do a good job in that position because we seem to very frequently ask and make those comments of, of, of men when they, you know, volun- volunteer or, or are elected or run for these positions. So, so yes, so all, all of that. <laughs> and then what does it mean to be a farmer? And, and we, a couple of years ago, actually um, did some blog posts on this because we, we also found that, that there was a very, um, very different uh, opinions and, uh, you know, how people self-identified was really important. And, and what it comes down to, I think actually is like, like all um, you know, if we're in Pride Month and, you know, how people choose to identify themselves is is a personal thing. And rather than just assuming, um, we're always better off to ask people, you know, how do you refer to yourself, you know, um, and and this definition of what a farmer is, uh, is, is something that, you know, is 
really interesting in our industry because I feel like in so many other industries, like it, there's, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a questionable thing, right? Like, you know, yeah. who is a doctor? We, we can all probably, you know, point very clearly to this is the definition of a doctor and who fits that definition. And, and farmer is not so clear cut. Yeah. It's, 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 it's interesting uh, th- that we, that, 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 I mean, you have to have cr- shit on your boots or dirt under your fingernails to be a farmer. But, but what it doesn't recognize, I think is fundamentally, regardless of, of your gender or race or anything, the, what it means to be a farmer is changing fundamentally. You know, I, it is, uh, it is about managing it. Is, you know, we have, you know, land and, 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 buildings and and all of the are are huge expenses that they have to be great financial managers they have to be good marketers and 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 we haven't reflected that in in sort of sort of that sort of male you know rugged marlboro man leaning on the wheel of a tractor and 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 i think that that's not good for anybody no no i think i think that that's um very much uh harmful to to the industry in many ways and um particularly as we look at you know mental health in the industry um you know what does that stereotype and all that it entails you know including a little bit of toxic masculinity you know how does that yep. actually harm uh farmers and and people who work in the industry cuz this this like the busy badge uh, as much as, you know, as yeah. much as we talk about mental health and, you know, do more ag has been trying really hard and, and, you know, Dr. Andrea Bitten has done a pile of work here. Um, that, that there's still this, that, that's so ingrained that like, you know, you work to the bone and that there's some, um, you know, some pat on the back for doing that. And, and I think, I think that causes a lot of people to really like, you know, struggle with what is the healthy balance between, you know, being, yeah. What is the healthy balance between my work here and, and having a, living a healthy, healthy life? Because so like farming is a lifestyle, um, but, but it can't, it can't, it can't, can't kill you. Like it has to be. And, Uh and we've got lots of, you know, tools today that have made it easier, but we've only added more pressure and, and things. And that, that has to, yeah, we really, that, that I, I agree. I think that's been a really damaging thing for the industry. Yeah. And just to, and just to wrap that up, uh, is I think back to when I was a brand new grad and, and working in industry, you, you know, you talk about old boys, but just the, the culture of the lifestyle, we got moved around a lot. I was on the prairies. We got moved around a lot. Business was done at the golf course or at the bar or, you know, and, and lots of alcohol and, and maybe that's changing in, in today's culture. It wasn't particularly woman friendly either. And, and so changing the culture of business, not only being sensitive to people, you know, families and, and all of those sorts of things, but just the way we behave, I think is an important thing to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, and not only, uh, you know, to be inclusive, uh, to women, but, but everyone, there's, there's a lot of, a lot, 
a lot of, of work to do there. Yeah. So final word, what, what take home should we, we take? Is there hope? <laughs> well, I think we're on the right, I think we're moving in the right direction. Uh, um, there's, there's been, there's been uh, work over the last couple of years and I think aware, the awareness has been raised. Um, and so uh, the, the willingness seems to be there. And, and so I, I, I believe so. Uh, I think, I think the, uh, the the industry as a whole, I think, is is realizing that um, its its future is really dependent on that. As we are fighting with everyone else for talent, you know, and um, the the number of farm kids that are available to work in the industry gets smaller. So um, we have to we have to change. And I, I think that there is recognition of that, and we are we are seeing that it's slow, and sometimes yeah. it's two steps forward and one back, but but it is happening. Yeah. Well, I'm hopeful. And, uh, and I do, you know, I look at the, the amazing young women who are coming out of our program and, and think, uh, if, if the industry doesn't recognize this pool of talent, uh, it deserves its own fate. <laughs> <laughs> so that's great. Thank you very much. I think it's clear that we can and should do better to make agriculture and food and environment that is positive for women and other diverse groups. It's not only the right thing to do, but it's good for the industry uh, to, to bring us forward uh, and meet the new challenges that we're facing. Thanks, Jen, for the uh, interesting conversation. I wanted to take a minute for thank, to thank you for listening. Uh, we wouldn't be making the progress we are without your uh, not only listening, but also uh, recommending us to friends and colleagues at work. If you like the episode, if you like the podcast, please take a moment to uh, give us a positive review. Uh, wherever you find your podcasts, it helps others find us uh, and it helps us to continue to grow our, our audience. I want to thank uh, those who uh, helped me get the podcast, most notably Zach, who makes us sound good. Uh, thanks again and uh, looking forward to the next episode.